Hello, everyone, and welcome to Did That Really Happen? This is a summer podcast here at the Scattered Abroad Network where we get an opportunity to sit down uh, generally with a minister of the gospel of Christ, and he gets to explore uh, some of the some of his past memories uh, from ministry uh, because it's a great opportunity for us just to kick back, relax, and uh, have a few laughs together. Um, as always, I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford, alongside Michael Clark, and we are excited for uh, this this summer that we have filled with uh, with content for uh, for all of you. Hopefully, it'll be beneficial and maybe put a, a laugh and a, and a smile uh, in your in your life as you go through your summer. Uh, Michael, we've got a very special guest on uh, on the podcast today. One who I think is somewhat of a a road paver, uh, so to speak. <laughs> in that, I don't there you go. I don't really know yeah. um, of many podcasts i guess that were going on um before the light network and today we have robert hatfield the founder of the light network and uh, we're excited to have him on today uh so robert thanks for taking some time to be with us hey thanks for having me uh i'm honored by the invitation uh the jenkins institute before it was the jenkins institute they were doing some podcasts dale and those guys yeah and there used to be a network out there called the equip network and they were around when we started 10 and a half years ago. Okay. Um, but they had already kind of, they were sort of fizzling out. It, their stuff had sort of run its course. And so anyway, we, we sort of stepped in from there. But yeah, okay. it's wild. Yeah. It's been, wild ride. what'd you say, 10, 10 years, right? Because you guys ten, celebrated yeah, 10 yeah, years. Yeah, 10 years. We started in January of 2013. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super, super cool. So, I've only been yeah. doing congregational preaching ministry for 15 years, so I, okay. I hardly know preaching without podcasting. podcasting. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So we, we really need to have you on a highlights, uh, one of our other podcasts where we oh, no. y- you not give you an opportunity to just talk about the Light Network. But I guess in just, uh, just a couple of I minutes, if I you want to, um, to tell our audience about, I'm sure the majority, if, if they listen to, Church of Christ podcast, I'm sure that they have heard of the Light Network, but uh, in case they mm-hmm. haven't, uh, why don't you give them a little bit of a description of you guys and some of the stuff sure. you guys do? Yeah, well, so uh, uh, we're a, a network of co- podcasts. We've been around for, as, as we said, 10 years. Um, we exist for, you know, the purpose of creating biblically um, uh, sound, culturally relevant, high quality, as high as we can um, podcasts. And that's what we've been doing now for 10 years or so. Uh, the light network, like scattered abroad is a family of, of podcasts. We like to think we've got a little something for everybody. Um, teens with the Hey Joe show and, uh, financial, uh, management with bountiful, the art of money management and, um, a new little venture we're calling four preachers in a podcast. And, uh, some, some of our stuff is more, um, uh, topical, even academic, like inside the scholar study. Um, and then we've got some other things that are a little more textual, like God magnified seeing God's glory in every book of the Bible or today with Jesus, um, where we just sort of walk through books of the Bible. So, you know, I mean, uh, very similar to what you guys are doing, um, we enjoy it. it. It's a lot of fun. I, uh, I get to host Preachers in Training. It's uh, one of the original podcasts, one of the few that's still there from the Light Network. <laughs> and uh, that's a lot of fun. You know, I've said for years that the reason why I do it is because it helps me. <laughs> and right. I view the podcast ministry for me as, as, as much as personal development as it is anything. And the fact right. that other people listen well 
that's just cream to me. I'm, I'm thankful that they find something out of it, but it's, it's helpful for me. And I'm, I'm, we're super grateful for the support we've received over the years, the encouragement and uh, a little scared by the number of people who listen, uh, but <laughs> it's great. It, it's so much fun. And, you know, people ask me, how did you know 10 years ago that podcasts were going to be a thing? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> like it was, it was a thing on the internet and, right. and we, people were doing it. And I thought, Hey, we could do this in the church. And, uh, you know, and, and we just started doing it. And now smartphones come with a podcast app. The number one question people used to ask us was what's a podcast. Yeah. And we actually had advertising that not only advertised the light network, but had a section in it where it answered the question, what's a podcast. Um, but now we don't have to do that. Right. So it's, it's fun. It's kind of crazy how much it's like evolved to where, you know, back when you guys started, equipment was probably a lot more expensive than it is now uh, oh, to have yeah. the setups that we're able to have. I mean, it's insane to look at all three of us today have intricate setups to do podcasts. And if we had to have this 10 years ago, probably none of us would, you know, still be married because our wives would have left us because of all the financial turmoil that we would have put them in. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's incredible to see how affordable everything is becoming. You know, yeah. you can go to Walmart and spend 50 bucks and start right. a podcast. So yeah. Um, that is, uh, that is something else, but I am excited to hear some stories today from you. And I have one about you that I will tell, but I'm going to wait until the opportune moment. That's right. I'm going to wait. I'm going to let you start. This is your day. You're the guest start off and then I'll hit you when it's time. Um, (laughs) I was thinking that this has been a fun exercise for me trying to go back and some preachers are like lightning rods, you know, like they just weird things happen to them. And I don't think that I'm one of those people. I actually went back. So a long time ago when I was just starting, Tom Holland, uh, sent me down and was like, Hey, everywhere you preach, keep a record of it and put the date and where it was and what was the occasion and what you talked about. And if they pay you how much you got paid, he said, that'll help you come tax time, but it'll just help you in general. And so that was early enough for me that I was actually able to go back. I'd only spoken like two or three other times and put that stuff in. And so I've got a record of everywhere that I've ever preached and everything I ever preached about um, when I was there. And so anyway, I, I was going back through that in preparation for today and it's been fun just to relive some of that stuff. Sure. And it was like, sometimes I was like, I don't even remember doing that, which is kind of scary. Right. The interesting thing though, and, and I guess I'll start with this, this is more serious than anything, but the interesting thing about ministry stories, and I guess stories in general is that we tend to only remember the extreme stuff. (laughs) And the reality is, and I kind of hate that because there are little kindnesses of God's people Mm -hmm. that have literally gotten me through all these years, you know, the notes, the phone calls, the encouragement at the back door, the lunches, the gifts, the invitations to dinner at their house, all of this and so much more has literally helped me keep going in serving Jesus through preaching And maybe in that sense, the little things are kind of the extreme things. Like they're the huge deals that can affect a lot more than we sometimes realize. Kind of like Barnabas who stood up for the legitimacy of Paul's conversion to Christ when the brethren in Jerusalem were like, seriously, this guy, you know, or maybe Barnabas's willingness to never stop believing in John Mark, you know? Uh, So anyway, people who genuinely have shared the love of Christ with others and with me, 
that's amazing power right there. And those people have blessed my life. But uh, the nature of this podcast seems to be the extreme stuff. I remember <laughs> um, one time I was teaching uh, at East Hill back in the day. We had summer Bible school, which was like VBS, but it was yeah. during the day, every June and every Tuesday and Thursday in, in June. So we had eight or 10 sessions and they had asked me to teach about angels <laughs> to first through third graders. <laughs> And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And so I, I had no idea how to approach that. Um, I hardly knew anything about angels myself at the time. And so I, <laughs> other than that, they're real. <laughs> right. So I walked in there. I just said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to like, you know, run this off at the head. And I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask them basically to do my job for me. So I went into the class and I said, hey, what, what, what Bible uh, accounts can you think of where there were angels? And like all the hands went up and I was shocked. I thought they were going to be like, oh, I don't know, you know. Right. And so, the, you know, they, they told me about uh, the angel who appeared to Mary and told her that Jesus was coming. You know, they started hitting some of those. And then like I was impressed. Some, you know, angel came and shut the mouth of the lions and with Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, yeah, that's great. And then this one kid raised her hand. I know, I know, I know. I said, what? The tooth fairy. <laughs> and I said, like in your mind, what do I do right now? Right. Like, cause I cannot send kids home shattering the innocence of their childhood. And so I said, you know, I don't think that's what we're talking about today, but I appreciate you sharing that. And the, the kid like smiled and said, uh-huh. And that was it. And I thought, okay, crisis averted. I am not a terrible person. I had not had children at that point. Uh, I had preached for a congregation in Franklin, Tennessee, which is the greater Nashville area. And I preached a whole sermon about the eunuch, you know, Acts chapter eight. And when it was over, this guy came up to me and he said, I have never heard a sermon on that before. And I'm like, are you serious? Like you've never heard a sermon on the eunuch from Acts chapter eight. He was like, right. no, I have never heard a sermon about Peter and the eunuch. And it took me a minute <laughs> to get what he said. I said, when Peter and the, eunuch, he said, yeah, you preach the whole sermon saying Peter instead of Philip. Oh, no. I said, are you serious? And he said, yeah. He said, but don't worry. We just broadcast our services live on the radio in the Nashville area. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, yeah, we do that. And in fact, um, at East Hill, I did a whole radio program where I mixed up Cain and Abel throughout the entire 30 minutes. Oh, no. So that happened. And speaking of mix-ups, I always have to watch myself with Moses and Noah. I don't know why. And also the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. I have been known to swap those at times. And I've got Jesus praying at Eden. <laughs> and, hey, I know that God the Word existed back then, so it's kind of true. But Adam and Eve definitely did not live in Gethsemane. So. so it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things that they told us in preaching school was yeah. you know, when, when if there's a name, right, that you don't know how to pronounce or you don't know how to say it, what do you do? If yes. you just say it confidently, Absolutely. nobody second guesses you. And it's kind of funny you mentioned that because so back at East Hill, um, I guess it was during, I guess just during, I don't know, maybe the first couple of months I'd been there. Um, I, I had an assignment for a summer series um, somewhere nearby, 
and it was on the waters of the Bible. And so my topic was the pool of Bethesda in John chapter five. So super great topic. I really thoroughly enjoyed preaching that. Um, but I've tried it out at East Hill first, right? You you kind of just right, you, right. You, you use it as a as you know your own congregation as a guinea pig to see how it goes. And the whole time, I was saying the pool of Bethsaida, which right. was you know from Mark chapter eleven and some other places where it's referenced. Completely different right. place. Um, right. But nobody nobody <laughs> said anything, and uh, not even my own my own wife said anything. And so yeah. I so I had her fooled too. Uh, but the funny thing is, I <laughs> I get to I get to the place that that I'm going to do this this summer series at. And right before I get up to speak, the guy introduces me and he says his, and his topic is the pool of Bethesda. And it just like clicked in my mind. I was like, no way. You didn't know till then. No, I never, I can (laughs) never caught it until right before I got up to deliver it the second time. And so the whole time I preached it, I said Bethesda, but in my mind kept wanting to say Bethesda. So I was like, so that I just thought that was funny because that's fantastic. The whole time at East Hill, nobody said yeah. anything. But right. I mean, guess it's true. If you just say it confidently, nobody second guesses you. May her shallow hash pass. You know, it's <laughs> right. like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with me, with me having to travel so much now, a lot of times the traveling preacher has that one sermon that he thinks this is a good sermon. Right. I need to use this a, a right. lot, and you kind of rotate through. So I had a sermon that I've done on the church at Ephesus in Revelation two. And I'd been preaching that everywhere I'd gone and Forrest Hill asked me to preach here on one Sunday. And so, you know, you're trying to make a good impression. This is the eldership that hired you and they're giving you all this confidence. And I stood up and confidently said the Nicolaitans, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, isn't that Nicolaitans? I said, Probably. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. I had gone probably 20 or 30 places and been saying Nicolations everywhere I went. Those people were probably thinking, what a moron. Yeah, no one said a word. Like, why did they hire this guy? So, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Michael's saying it the way they said it. This guy should be recruiting. Right, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, in 2006, I had preached a sermon. and I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. Um, I had like just started out, but the Da Vinci code was real big, not the movie, but the book. Right. And you know, there's some religious elements to that. And, and there were some people who I think were legitimately swept away by it as far as their biblical understanding. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were taking it as though it was truth. So I felt the need and I thought it was being culturally relevant to preach a sermon about it. I don't think I got too radical. And frankly, I think I just sort of used that as an introduction and then launched into wherever I went with it. I don't remember the sermon. I hope no one else does. (laughs) But um, uh, I had preached this sermon about it at this congregation that had asked me to to come preach. And after it was over, uh, after the sermon was the Lord's Supper. All right. So all the guys, stand, that was back when we passed trays. I don't know if anybody remembers before COVID, but anyway, so, so all the guys yeah, stand up <laughs> and, um, the, the fella who was leading the prayer for the bread, um, you know, he, as every, why does everybody, when they're standing up there, you know, you have to fold your hands together, right. you know, or whatever, and <laughs> yeah. sort of look at the floor. And before he started, he said, I just need to say a word or two about this sermon. Well, I, I'd preached this a few other places and 
people had been really kind about it. And so I just sort of, you know, I'm <clears throat> getting myself ready. <laughs> and he said, this young man is entirely out of line. <laughs> and he points at me. Oh, no. And my heart sank. My palms are getting sweaty telling the story right now. And uh, <laughs> my heart sank. And I thought, what in the world? And he just went on and on and on about how that sermon, his whole thing was like, it's inappropriate that that was, he said, this is more of a Bible class sermon than it is a, a preaching sermon. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, what is happening? Well, it, it felt like he went on for hours. Right. It was probably like 30 or 60 seconds. I don't know. And then he said, well, anyway, let's pray. <laughs> All right. So now that our minds are set for right. the Lord's supper, right. we're going to do this. Well, um, so he prays, you know, the, the, the trays are passed. We go back. It's time for the fruit of the vine. He prays over that pass. Now we're going to have the collection. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm looking around thinking, does the whole church feel this way? I mean, there were like 120 or so people there. And I, 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 so I'm literally identifying my nearest exit. I'm like, <laughs> where, where do I need to run to get away from these people? Well, it's time for the collection. And the guy says, I'm sorry, I just need to say another word or two about this. And I thought, you've said plenty. (laughs) And finally, one of the other men who was standing up there stopped him. And he said, Brother Gene, that's enough. And I thought, oh, thank you. He said, uh, I'm one of the elders here, and I stand behind that sermon 100%. And we'll have more to say about that in just a minute. And I thought, we don't need to say any more about it. Let's just, just cut our losses and get out of here, you know. So anyway, he, that, that's a done. Um, uh, now it's time for closing announcements. And that elder mounts the pulpit. And I'm thinking, what is about to happen next? And he says, I'm sorry about whatever brother Gene had to say. He said, blah, blah. And then he had some nice things to say. We had the prayer. We left. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to come back that night. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I don't know that I want to do this, but I guess I have to. So I showed up. Well, the whole church was shocked that I came back. (laughs) They were like, and they were like, these old ladies are in tears. We're so sorry about what happened. You know, you did a good job. They're trying to like help me. And brother Gene was supposed to, officiate over the Lord's Supper that night, too, for the people who weren't there in the morning. And uh, he was standing there, and I was there, and this elder came back up, and he said, Gene, you think you can do that tonight without causing trouble? (laughs) And he said, yeah, I can. Well, anyway, later I learned that Brother Gene had had his medications um, adjusted recently. Oh, no. And that was the explanation (laughs) for why he did what he did. But I thought, Wow. And I've, I've been back there since then a few times and I never not think about brother Gene. <laughs> a few years later, Tom Holland found out about that. And I got a call. I had missed a call on my cell phone and the voicemail said, yes, this is brother Gene from so-and-so church of Christ. I wanted to talk to you about that sermon you preached a few years ago. <laughs> it was brother Holland. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was outstanding that that had happened to me and yeah. considered it a rite of passage. So there you go. Edit that out if you want to, no. but that was a story that happened and oh, hey. I still have PTSD. From it. <laughs> I imagine so. We had gone somewhere, Megan and I to visit and pre- I was preaching, I preached a sermon on forgiveness and from Matthew 18, you know, the parable of the unforgiving, you know, servant. Yes. And I got done. And um, 
someone came forward and I thought, Oh, well, this is, this is really encouraging. And they said, I'd, I'd like to make a statement. And the statement that they made was, I just want to say how needed that sermon was in this congregation. <laughs> that's all they said. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well that's different. Well then the Lord's supper happens. So I go and sit up with Megan and the guy doing the presiding over the Lord's table. He said, uh, y'all know what a liver does, right? And I thought, this is the weirdest introduction to the Lord's Supper I've ever heard. <laughs> and he starts discussing, he's like, the liver keeps out all the bile and bacteria and all of the problems that we have in life. And I was thinking, where are we going with this? And he goes, and you know what? Jesus is our spiritual liver. Let's pray. And then he prayed for the bread. <laughs> I could not believe. I mean, I looked at Megan and I said, did I just hear someone equate Jesus to a liver that keeps out bile and bacteria and then say, let's pray in the same breath with this no hesitation. And great. now we're taking the words over. So I, I understand a little bit. Yeah. Now, yes. now, eat, now eat your crackers and, right. and be enjoying that <laughs> that thought that you have. You know? Oh. Brother Holland called me one day and asked if I would fill in for him. He was going to be away. And he knew that at East Hill, it was Paul Saint and me and that, you know, I might be able to get away on a Sunday morning. And so anyway, he had, I don't know, he had booked and didn't realize that he needed me like this Sunday. And I thought, I don't want to fill in for you. (laughs) (laughs) Can I not? And anyway, and he, so uh, he, he agreed and he was, I agreed and he was trying to encourage me. And so he said, I'll ask them this. He preached at Riggs uh, Church of Christ in Chapel Hill at the time. And he said, now I'm going to ask them not to do to me, to you, what they do to me every Sunday. (laughs) And he was dead serious. And I was like, what are they doing to you out there? Like, what's going on? He said, well, (laughs) he said, he said, every, every Sunday after I preach, they lift me up on their shoulders and parade me around the auditorium as a celebration of how great the sermon was. And he was, I mean, he was dead serious. <laughs> I didn't really know how to take him. Cause like I was always kind of starstruck by brother Holland right. and you know, so I was like, Oh, okay. And then he just busted out laughing. He said, I'm just kidding. They never do that to me. <laughs> the fact that he said that, like he, and he went on and on, like he really dragged it out. They parade me around and they just tell me how good the sermon was. And then we all go out and have ice cream together. <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, well, that's good. Needless uh, to say, they did not do that for me, nor would they ever. <laughs> Was Brother Gene there? Was that why? No, yeah, the, correct. Well, he was he was in another county, so it was okay. It was fine. <laughs> I think his medication oh. stabilized after a while. Well, that's good. That is yeah. good, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I had been asked to lead a prayer at a kindergarten graduation. Now, uh, I had done this a few other times. The principal was a member of the congregation where I preached. And so, you know, I, it just kind of became a, an annual thing, you know, every May kindergarten graduation time, I'd go and lead the prayer. And I was really honored to get to do that. I kind of considered it to be a benefit of, of, um, you know, maybe living in a smaller place, you know, that prayer was quickly fading and boy, now, nowadays people can hardly even imagine that even being a thing for Mm -hmm. a public school, but, um, that, 
that was what was happening. And so I really put a lot of thought and time into it. I kind of had some notes for the prayer and I, I wanted to make sure that I prayed for the teachers and, you know, for the students and for the families and all of that. Uh, several weeks later, I get a phone call from a newspaper, the next County over the reporter wants to interview me because the freedom from religion foundation had been notified that I had led this prayer for a public school kindergarten graduation in Pulaski, Tennessee. And um, they were filing a complaint. In fact, they were going to sue the school board and the principal um, all because of this prayer that I led. And I thought, what, what? Like the whole thing caught me off guard. I had no idea. And now this newspaper's calling me asking me for a statement about it. Looking back, I did not handle that well at all. I mean, I I didn't like cower in fear or anything. It wasn't that, but like I should have I should have been ready. Of course, who would I I don't know. I hadn't thought I'd done this before. Nobody had said anything, but right. I should have been ready to like, you know, defend prayer and stuff like that. And instead, I was like, well, I, I don't know. I just I just did it because I was asked to. <laughs> I was <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was young and dumb, dumber, younger and dumber. Um, so. Anyway, um, yeah, the Freedom from Religion Foundation hired one of their shark lawyers. I mean, this is what this organization wow. did and still does. It was co-founded by Dan Barker, whom oh, Kyle yeah. Butt debated yeah. um, uh, later uh, after that. But, uh, yeah, and, and I, I don't think they ever actually sued, but they applied enough pressure that, I mean, I was never asked to lead another prayer on behalf of the school. And to my knowledge, you know, that had even been kind of happening at at the high school graduations and things like that. And and all of that stopped Uh, from that point forward. They just couldn't risk the liability of prayer (laughs) anymore. That was one of those like funny, but it's not kind of stories. But uh, that was wild. I wish I could go back and handle that better. Um, Cause when the newspaper article came out, like my quote was just, it was just dumb, <laughs> but anyway, um, that happened. It was weird. That's wild. Yeah. Um, you know, we've all had the baptistry stories and you, you gotta have some baptistry stories. It was a Sunday morning and this girl from the youth group had responded to be baptized and we were all excited, you know, but it was during, you know, the morning worship service. And so anyway, I had gotten prepared, put on the waiters, I'm getting in the water. And I was preaching in Charleston at the time, South Carolina, North Charleston congregation, and they don't have a curtain. There's no, you just, you know, you have the changing rooms. And when you come out of the changing rooms, you're kind of in front of everybody. Right. So I was down there in the water waiting, uh, W-A-I-T-I-N-G and W-A-D-I-N-G, because I had my waiters on. (laughs) And uh, sorry, that was funny, and I didn't know it. Uh, and and the girl comes out from her side, and so I went over there and extended my hand. There wasn't a rail or anything right. to get down in. And anyway, I extended my hand. The, the water in Charleston is weird, and like every week, if you didn't like run a skimmer through the baptistry, these like sand would just appear in the bottom of the baptistry. And it's huh. like, where, where is sand coming from inside the church building? It was really strange. Well, sometimes that created a slick surface, um, in the water. And 
I don't know, maybe the baptistry hadn't been cleaned or something. I've never known a congregation that has to clean a baptistry like every week, but right. that's what we had to do in Charleston. So this girl comes out, she's middle school age. She hits the first step with water, slips and does a cannonball into oh, no. the baptistry and is like, splash, you know, I mean, it goes everywhere. The congregation is singing, at least they were, <laughs> until that moment. And, oh. I, I, you know, I looked, I said, are you okay? You know, because my fear was like she hit her head yeah. on the stairs going down or something. She hopped up. She was red as a beat. Oh, sure. <laughs> she, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. We were able to proceed with the baptism. You know, I think it stuck. No. <laughs> that's, that's, the first time, that's the first time somebody baptized themselves, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I've seen like YouTube clips where right. stuff like that happens, but like this was, this actually happened. It was, it was pretty great. Yeah. But uh, there was another time, this was like one of those midnight calls. There was a young lady who wanted to be baptized. And so I met her and her parents and her younger brother at the church building. Um, I got in the water. You know, I, again, the waiters are on. I did not realize until she came out and put a toe in. She said, that water is piping hot. And I'm like, hot. So I kind of stuck my hand down and I was like, it is kind of like uncomfortably warm. Yeah. <laughs> like it, uh, Something had messed up with the heater. <laughs> oh, no. But instead of the heater going out, the heater like increased the temperature. <laughs> um, okay. Well, she... She's like, it's, it's too hot. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, it's midnight. Where can I find a pool or, and like, but we're here. And so her dad was like encouraging her. Are are you going to not do this because it's a little uncomfortable? And she was like, you're right. I'm going to do this. So she goes down in the water and I baptize her and I tried to, I tried to do it fast. Yeah. When she came up, I mean, we had to have been in the water maybe 60 seconds max. She had, like, I don't know, welts isn't the right term, but, like, on her legs from how hot the water was. I don't even know how that's pot. It's a wonder the waiters didn't, like, melt Melt? off of me. I don't – I'm like, how is that even possible? It it had to be hot tub or worse type temperatures. That's crazy. Inside, I mean, what it's usually like what 80, 75, 80 degrees or so. I don't know. So, anyway, always check the water temperature, <laughs> kids. That's funny. When I was baptized, <laughs> the heater had gone out, yes. Um, and so, and it was like winter time, so it was the water was freezing cold, uh, right? When I, and I remember that, but I've oh, never man. heard of that of water being too hot. No, that was that was the weirdest. The weirdest and bless yeah. her heart. I mean, she'll never forget that. <laughs> like, she had like yeah. second or third degree burns by the time it was over. I'm afraid. <laughs> was you missed problem. an opportunity though. You you should have told her. Yeah, it's as hot as whatever you've done in life. Right. Well, that's increasing oh, the no. temperature. That's how we wash it away. God burns it off of you. <laughs> you know? That's terrible. Like, this happens for all of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. you must have done some really bad stuff. <laughs> the lake of fire and brimstone has an. A special meaning in her, right. in her mind. That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. That was Can terrible. you imagine her talking about that with her kids someday, trying to describe the lake of fire and brimstone, saying, <laughs> I understand what that was like I felt when that. I was baptized. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh. That is terrible. You know, there have been a few people who have been afraid of water. 
and you feel for those people um, as even though it is slightly comical uh, and I'm, I'm not insensitive toward that. And the, the fact, and I've, I've assisted several people in baptism, usually with the help of an, a third person in the water with me um, who have been baptized in spite of their fear of water and specifically going under the water. And I admire their faith and their commitment to the Lord for doing that. You know, that's the only reason why they would have done it, but bless their hearts. It's like trying to baptize a cat. And (laughs) we had this one fella and he was holding on to the sides of the baptistry, even as we tried to submerge him. And so, you know, the issue was, well, he has not been fully immersed yet (laughs) because his hands are sticking out. Baptize him the second and third time. And inevitably he just can't, he was so nervous. And like one time we'd get his hands under, but his foot was sticking out or something (laughs) like that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do at this point. Uh, So the other fellow who was in there with me was one of my elders and he looked at me and somehow through ESP, he communicated and I received it. He was like, okay, next time just grab his hand. And I don't know how he said this with me receiving that communication without the guy knowing that what we were about to do. Now, again, we're on the fourth time here. We're going to take his hand, hold it and dunk him at the same time and get him under. And we did. (laughs) And bless it. He flailed around in it. But when he was, when it was done, he said, thank you. Finally, (laughs) you know, because it was torturing him to continue to try. So we just did it real quick and he came right back up and everything was okay. Yeah, it was all it was all fine. The easiest baptism I ever did was a guy who was a professional scuba diver. Oh. <laughs> he he worked at the South Carolina Aquarium, which is in downtown Charleston, and he was baptized. And after it was over, I said, "Man, you are easily the you are easily the most simple baptism I have ever <laughs> assisted someone." <laughs> and he said, "Well, you know, I'm very comfortable under the water." Yeah, okay, I do this absolutely. For <laughs> Absolutely, you are. Um, There was a night when two girls from the youth group had responded to the invitation to be baptized. And um, uh, this was at East Hill. And so I was baptizing them. And, you know, it's always special and fun to have multiple baptisms on the same night and to just kind of be able to stay in the water and here comes the next one and all that. Well, while we are there, some of some of the friends had gone back to help the two girls who were going to be baptized. So they were over there on the ladies' side with them. And consequently, then, they were watching from the door up the steps while I was assisting the first two in baptism. And one of them says, Robert, don't get out of the water. I'm, I, I, I've, I need to be baptized, too. Wow. Well, now we got three baptisms. Mm. And then lo and behold, the other one said it. And so we had four baptisms and like, that's not a funny story, but that just sticks out in your mind. Like there aren't that many for Peter. Hey, you know, they had 3000 in Acts (laughs) two. Okay. I've never come close to a situation like that, but four or five in the same night, that, that was pretty cool. And, uh, just a humbling thing. Uh, uh, back to summer Bible school. And then I'll stop. This is on the serious side again. Um, Sometimes at summer Bible school, we would have some children who would come who 
the vernacular we would use today is uh, were unchurched. Okay, they had no biblical background whatsoever. Not just maybe attending a denomination in town. They they had nothing. And I remember, uh, mercifully, I was not teaching about angels. <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead, I was teaching about the cross. And I mean, I was I was excited to get to share this. I I always would bring in visuals. Somebody, uh, Paul Sane had given me. I happen to have it here, even though this is an audio podcast, I'll show you guys. I have this replica of this nail that yeah. was unearthed in Jerusalem. And I don't know if these have, people have passed these around over the years, but anyway, I've got one. And when I'm teaching kids about the cross, I like to take this just, and you, you see the lights, you know, going off in their minds as you're kind of bringing this to life for them. Well, I, I was, I guess, leading up to the cross as I was, talking to the kids about it. And I said something about Judas. This was, by the way, the older class now, fourth through sixth grade, I think. And um, I said something about Judas. And the look that I saw from majority of these children, particularly the students who were unchurched, was confusion. They had no idea who Judas was. And I said, have you all ever heard about Judas? They said, no. No. I said, well, do you know what Jesus did? I said, no, we don't, we don't know. I said, so you mean you've never heard anything about the cross ever? And they said, no. And I thought I was so overwhelmed by this moment. Like I, I am about to share the gospel with someone, with some, some people who've never ever heard it before. And like, I'm not in a foreign country right now. Right. Uh, that was such a humbling moment and they related to the betrayal of Judas. You know, they, they, they even at sixth grade had experienced betrayal themselves. But then when I got to the cross and I talked about the nails and the blood and, you know, the crown of thorns and the scourging that preceded it and all that, their eyes were like saucers. I mean, they just had never heard that before. And that was such a humbling that is one of those, like, I, I really can't believe I had an opportunity like that. Yeah. I'm so grateful that I did. And so anyway, when I was sort of looking back over the last few years, <clears throat> I apologize for going on and on. And yeah. thanks, everybody, for your patience with me. But like, <laughs> that that was one of those watermark kind of moments yeah. among so very many. And I'm glad you guys do a show like this because, uh, boy, Preaching is just great. And some of the stories are just funny. And, you know, in the moment you think I'm, I'm living a preacher story right now. Like this <laughs> right. is happening. I, I, I see what's happening. I don't really know what to do, but this is going to be funny later. Yeah. And at other moments, you're just overwhelmed by the gravity of the situation. Um, and sometimes it's stressful, like with Brother Gene and... <laughs> You know, it's funny today, but it was not funny in 2006. Okay, right. I'm just saying that was not <laughs> funny at all uh, because I thought this and there have been moments when I have said to my close friends or even to my wife, like, I don't know that this is the life for me. I don't know that I want to do this right. the rest of my life. And I meant the hard stuff, yeah. but I don't know. I guess, guys, on my mind lately has been these articles that are coming out about you know, churches are looking for preachers, but they can't find them. Mm-hmm. And Michael, you live in this world all the time with your yeah. work, recruiting for a school of preaching yeah. from Memphis. And, you know, um, 
I know that maybe it's not always as bad as sometimes it's reported, but at the same time, I do know a lot of congregations that are searching and they can't seem to find the guy or a guy. And so anyway, I say all this to say like these stories, man, they're, they're dear to me now. And even the tough ones, right? Cause you see the goodness of God through it and how faithful he's been to me. And uh, I, I get to talk about him to others and sometimes to people who have never heard about him before. And at other times, you know, to people who know it so well, uh, and it's just a great thing all around. And so if you're listening to this and you want preacher stories too, <laughs> and you're a male and you're a faithful Christian, <laughs> contact Michael. That's right. That's <laughs> contact right. him That's today right. <laughs> because we need you and you too can share stories just like this. <laughs> Well, the scattered abroad I hate network. to, <laughs> I hate to have to like, that was such a good ending, but I, I promised something at the beginning of Thank this you. and I Thank have you. to make good on that promise. <laughs> and, uh, you, you were, you thought you were slick. You know? so nervous. <laughs> you thought you were slick. Yeah. I had it. Um, I landed the plane, so, man. What are you doing? <laughs> well, we, we got to take back off. Apparently there's some problems on the ground. Um, so, uh, Years oh, ago, no. when I was okay. still doing lessons from a park bench, I did this little sermonette on respecting your parents and having a good relationship with your parents. And so I got a phone call from Jeff Archie, who had asked me to come and be a part of a youth day where uh, I would be one of the speakers and Robert Hatfield would be the other speaker. Now, Robert was already a graduated, you know, working minister. I had not gone to preaching school yet. I had no formal training. And so Robert was the main speaker, had I think about three lessons that day. I show up, all I've got is a paper outline and a Bible. And I show up to sit down and it felt like Which, David what more Blaine, do you need? You have a Bible and an outline. I know, right? Like, you will have then outline. David will Blaine preach. walked out. David Blaine. <laughs> David Blaine walked out and started doing all these magic tricks. <laughs> um, Robert is a PowerPoint wizard, right? Okay, because the theme was MythBusters, and so I'm watching Robert, and you know the inferior mindset of which is not right, but you know you have that when you're like. I don't belong here. This, this is probably yeah. not my scene. And then Robert, frankly, going, that's that how I felt. But anyway, <laughs> well, yeah. when he would say that myth has been busted, he'd press a button and this gigantic like hammer would come down and smash the words into two and just crackle them into <laughs> there pieces. Was, there was this little and cloud I'm, of dust that came up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm watching this going, how are they going to pay attention to me? <laughs> When they literally have this entire show going on for them oh, and man. I get up to speak and Emily was also speaking that day to the, the ladies. Yeah. And so Emily's session and mine were at the same time. And here's Robert listening to me. And I went up to him, I think in between one of the breaks and I said, I'm really not happy with you right now. You have, <laughs> you have really gotten in my head. Um, <laughs> so I often think about that. And every now and then I, I bring that up to Robert. You remember when you showed me up? When I wow. was not even a graduated wow. minister, and you had to you had to show your your skills and knowledge, and uh, I apologize. But that honestly, that was not my intention. Honestly, was a very fond memory because it's one of those moments where it's like you know what, I can grow, 
<laughs> Robert didn't wake up one day and just magically know how to do all that stuff. <laughs> and I can grow and I can learn more. And it was a, it was really an understanding to draw back to what you said, uh, what training can actually do for you. Yeah. And so you have gotten training to be a preacher. We've all gotten training now to be preachers that are on this podcast. Yeah. It's important to get that because without that training, you know, a paper outline in the Bible is great. And that is all you need. If you've got the gospel, you don't need the fancy toys, but boy, the fancy toys today sure do help. help. And uh, I have not forgotten those lessons. PowerPoint. It turns out anybody can <laughs> do that. Right. That's, right. That's right. I still haven't learned how to do it quite like that, but we'll get there, you know, one day. It'll happen maybe. Oh, so. It's but funny I because really my PowerPoints, you. my PowerPoints have gotten less flashy. And frankly, I, I pulled out some stops for the youth that I usually yeah. don't use. Like yeah. some of the older people yeah. don't appreciate clouds of dust coming up off the screen uh, in the middle of a sermon. But for a youth day, okay, sure, right. it's fine, it's okay. Now, mind, I just do little but, fades. Yeah. You should, you should I come. You will, you will feel vastly you know. superior if you hear me yeah. preach today. That was the first time I had ever been called and asked like invited to go and speak somewhere really? and I, I remember i was in the living room when the phone rang and i hung up and i said mom can i go <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was still living at home and she said well i think you can make that work and i remember i felt so great kind of like you said with brother gene before he started to talk yes. you thought it was going to go one way i was like man i'm feeling really good about myself and then i sat down and you started speaking and i was like Message received, Lord. I, I, I realize what you want to tell me. I need to go another path. <laughs> oh no, that's right. I need to, I need to humble myself in the sight of the Lord. I'm so sorry. That was not my intention. No, it, I hey, did not realize that was your first memories. I have. I had no idea that was no, your first it, thing. Yikes! I'm we'll so always sorry. share that together. Yes, we always. Will. <laughs> oh man. Well, good deal. Uh, Robert, thanks so much, man, for taking some time. I know you're busy, hey. busy schedule and all kinds Absolutely. of things going on, but appreciate uh, appreciate you taking some time to be on the podcast with us today. Uh, thank you all. It's been fun to laugh together and appreciate what you guys do and your encouragement to it means a whole lot. Absolutely. Well, we will uh, link the Light Network and your website uh, in the show notes below. Certainly, we are grateful for Robert, all the great things that he does, uh, not only uh, for the Lord's church, but just for God in general and, and trying to expand the borders of the kingdom. So certainly thankful for that. Thankful for you all for listening to this particular podcast. Again, this is our summer season, so we do have episodes, different episodes coming out. Um, definitely a lot less than usual, uh, but certainly be on the lookout for those. If you haven't heard any of the ones that we've put out yet, uh, go back to whatever favorite podcast app you use. You can find all of those things there. Until next time, thank you so much for being with us and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.